Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, welcome to Trundle Bed Tales, the podcast about Laura Ingalls Wilder, historic foodways, one-room schools, and other social history. This is Sarah Utah, the host and creator of Trundle Bed Tales. Find us all around the web under Trundle Bed Tales and on your favorite social media platform. If you have an account with a, a podcast provider, please leave positive feedback because that helps people find the show. And uh, tonight's episode is 136, Marceline, Missouri, Walt Disney's Hometown Museum in 2022. And before we get going with that, I'm going to just do a little housekeeping. And I wanted to remind everybody that... You can be part of the show. Uh, you can call in to 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll free, 1-877-633-9389. That's toll free, 1-877-633-9389. Or you can log on to chat. Um, I want to remind everybody that there are episodes of of the podcast, there are YouTube videos, there are um, pictures on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all over the place. So be sure to, as you're getting into the holiday spirit, look around for Trundle Bed Tales. There is also a Christmas uh, playlist on my YouTube channel that includes my, well, a short version of my Laura Ingalls Wilder Christmas um, pro- program, and you can pay attention to that. I am also hopefully finishing up my uh, annual Christmas shopping guide. I just have a few more things on that, and it's Probably not going to get done tonight now, but I'm hopeful tomorrow night we'll get that done. I wanted to uh, recommend that you keep an eye out on uh, the Almanzo Wilder Farm Facebook page for Dean Butler's readings. And I wanted to clarify that you have to be a new member who joins between now and the start of the holiday season, um, there was a start date. But I don't remember what it was, and I'm not seeing it in my notes right now. But so anyway, uh, he's going to be reading four more times before Christmas, and sometime during that period, if you want to, um, if you want to get his uh, free Christmas download, you have to become a new member in the... Almanza Wilder Farm in Malone, New York. Be sure to check my episode that I just finished with all the Laura stuff going on in December. And I did want to stress, which I don't think I 
did enough in the actual episode that um, there are only so many times that a group of actors wants to put on a Christmas carol. So uh, give them another alternative for the Christmas season. Uh, Reach out to your local uh, theater groups, to your community playhouses, to all that. Tell them there are these Laura options available. Yeah, they have different ways on how they choose their plays, but uh, let them know that they could do a Laura play. And I think uh, we hopefully get some more uh, bookings out there. And I think that's about all I wanted to say about what's going on right now. So I think we'll call that good for the housekeeping. Okay, now I am stepping in to this episode in Marceline, Missouri. Uh, I had already done a episode where I talked about my first trip, and I had done an episode where I talked about Rothville, which is, of course, uh, where Laura and El, well, where Laura's family left Pepin to move to. Uh, They had uh, bought some land from a guy who had been in the Civil War and had a lot of land around Rothville, and he'd broken it into smaller sections and sold it, and Pa had bought one, and um, it it was just, it it didn't really stick, and he left and went on independence, but uh, it was in there. And the reason why that is important, if you haven't been paying attention, is because after I went on my 2019 uh, Laura trip, I was traveling by myself. And so I decided instead of just going straight down to Mansfield, Missouri, uh, for wilder days, that I would swing over to Marceline and uh, get to cross off visiting Disney's hometown from my to-do list. And it was only after I'd gotten back, I was like a couple months after I got back, and I'd been looking up something about Rossville, and I was looking at the little information thing about Rossville, and it said uh, in the nearby towns, other things you'd like to see, which is pretty common in that kind of uh, brochure, and it said Marceline, and I was like, What? I was just in Marceline, and it is a county south, but it isn't a very far distance from Marceline. So I was like, oh, no, I can't believe I was that close and didn't go. And so I said, well, I have to go back now. And my friend Kelly very nicely agreed to go with me. And so once we were going to Rossville anyway, uh, she's not really as big a lore person as I am, but she is a big Disney person, and so we definitely were going to do another Marceline visit. And this having been my second visit, I got a lot, I saw a lot more than I did the first time. Because uh, the first time, if you paid attention to my little video about it, I was driving in and almost, almost drove off the road because there was the house Walt Disney lived in. 
And I wasn't expecting it to be right there. And I wasn't expecting it to be right off the main road. And I was like, oh, my God, there's Walt's house. And so uh, that kind of threw me off. So I can't say that I had done the best job of fitting things in uh, mind spatially because I had been still so blown away that this was Walt's house and that I was getting to see it. And you don't get to go in, but it was, if you're not a Disney person, I'm sorry, but it's a big deal. So uh, coming in this time with Kelly, we uh, first went to the hotel and checked it in. And it was um, the, the Disney-themed hotel in town. And... It was really quite clever because, frankly, it's one of those um, things where the um, it, it was clearly once originally a motel. And for people who have not been around long enough to stay in them, it, it was a motel because it was a motor hotel, and it was designed so you would pull up right to the front door of your room and your car would be like right there. And uh, I had really forgotten how handy that is. It really truly is. Just have your car right there. Uh, But this was one of those kind of motels. And they tend to be kind of smallish rooms. But uh, this particular hotel, because of that Disney connection, they themed the rooms to the different resorts in Disney. Now, are these the same rooms? No. No, they're not even close. No. (laughs) But uh, there were some really cool ones, and we ended up uh, getting the um, Wilderness Lodge-themed room, which is uh, dedicated to Wilderness Lodge and Bambi. And I have to say, it was a super nice room. It was really more like an apartment. It was an entire floor of a house, basically. I think it was the owner's original, the original owner's house that went with the motel. I'm not sure about that, but, you know, there were these little, pretty small rooms, a whole row of them, and then there's this house, and we got the house. It was, um, I, I took some pictures, and hopefully I'll be doing a video on that later, and you can see it. I'm just not up that far time-wise in my video editing, but uh, it was, and I'm not going to say that it was up to Disney standard, but it was really nice and it was way more than I expected for the price. There were two separate rooms. Uh, the TVs had Rucos. There was a full kitchen. Uh, and it was just lovely. So we stayed in uh, the, ho- the Hotel Marceline. And I have to say... Uh, if you get a chance, stay there. There uh, was some talk of them maybe 
selling it, so I'm not entirely sure how long it will be there, but I hope it is and that you stay there. So we checked in there. We ran out, uh, went to the Rossville site, tried to find the house of the guy who sold them the land because we had a little brochure that said it was there, did not have the actual address. Uh, and so we drove around trying to find it, didn't, and got back, went back to Marceline. It is still around. Um, I tracked down the lady who wrote the brochure for the Rothwell site, and she had driven by it. I said, well, is it still there? She said, I haven't been there in a while. She went back and looked, and yes, it is still there. We just I think it was probably one of the houses that had trees around them and we just couldn't identify it. So I talked about that before. And then we got to Marceline and um, Kelly had some work she had to do that night. And so uh, we really didn't do anything in Marceline proper until the next morning. And we started out at Ma Vicks, which is a... Uh, restaurant they have on the square. They have paper placemats and there's all sorts of cartoonists and people who've made the the Disney trip that a professional artist have done things on their paper um, placemats and they have them around and framed and so it's a pretty cool thing. It is a very local coffee house type place. I have eaten at those kind of places quite a bit but it's um, Always a shock for them when someone is a tourist and shows up in them because um, they're really just, you know, normal people going to their normal breakfast place. And why would anyone come from out of state to eat here? So uh, we had breakfast there and it was on the main street. And this was the first place I kind of got a little bit uh, discombobulated because we were parked there by Mom Vicks, and I was going to drive over to the museum. And Kelly said, well, there's this park here. Let's just walk over. And I hadn't really realized it was that close. But it really, really was very close from that area. So we went and headed over across Ripley Square. Now, this was the park that was named after E.P. Ripley. He was the head of the railroad and donated this land for this park. He did that back when Walt was a boy. And when Walt was making the Disneyland Railroad, he called it the E.P. Ripley after this same guy. And this park was sort of the center of town and socialization and everything um, for the town when Walt was there. So he'd go there a lot, and this was a spot he really knew. And uh, in that park, there is a train, and it is a steam, let's see, it, it's a diesel um, locomotive and it is huge and big and black and it has been sitting in this park since before Disney came to it so there's photos of him when he and Roy came back by the same train that's still there and so we walked over past that and we got to 
the um, pond. Now, apparently, this used to be a somewhat bigger pond, and you would uh, you could rent boats on it and go on that thing, and it is not that big anymore, but it's still there. And in fact, one of my uh, videos that are my trundle bed trails, where we do little nature videos, is of this pond. So if you want to, you can go back and uh, see exactly what I'm talking about. And we kept going. And the uh, museum was right there. But the thing that led us on after we saw the pond was the Autopia. Now, Autopia was a ride that Walt helped uh, create that was uh, one of the futuristic rides of uh, Tomorrowland because it was showing the future back in 1955 of a future where there would be interstates everywhere and people would be driving cars. And the Autopia cars were little like, um, I, I don't want to go too far into it because this isn't actually exactly an Autopia ride, but they were little cars and you could drive them and when it opened up the first time you you could just steer them wherever you wanted to um, like they were real cars they have since decided that was a terrible idea and you're on a track but it was one of the few things to do um, in tomorrow and and it was super popular and looking for more people eating rides that were quick. They did a junior Autopia, so uh, or midget Autopia, and this was for people that were smaller, littler kids, and uh, it was a littler track. So they had one of these cars in the museum, and I'd seen it before. It was in there. They apparently originally had, had six. They didn't know if they'd get them any of them going again. Uh, and they had this be step two after having the museum itself. Step two was always going to be restoring this ride because uh, it, up here a little bit. So um, what it was was a Mark One arrow. Arrow, I can't read the, my writing there. Uh, something tracked junior automobile by the Arrow Development Company. It was made in Mount View, California in 1957. It was known as Autopia, and it was by the Storybook Land Canal Boats. And it was... Um, there kind of as an added inducement, a people eater that they didn't really have to create an entirely new thing for because it was just a junior version of what they'd already done. So it sat there till the World's Fair. And part of uh, the 1964-1965 World's Fair in New York, which was not an official World's Fair, which is another whole episode, uh, but it was uh, sort of the Disney World Fair. And there is a documentary series called At the Fair, 
which I highly recommend that talk all about this fair. And actually, Kelly, my friend who was out with me on this trip, uh, also recommended that I watch that, and I agree with her. It is a very good documentary series. But anyway, the last thing, one of the last things Walt did for that World's Fair was he had gotten involved with like four different places that were sponsoring attractions at the World's Fair with the idea that after the fair was over and the company wouldn't need them anymore, he could move them back over to Disney World. So the last one he had set up to start was It's a Small World. And so uh, they decided to put the Small World attraction right where the Midget Autopia was, since it was just a repeat anyway, and they had this extra ride. Now, they had never gotten rid of a Disney ride to another company before. That just wasn't something they did. If it was a Disney company ride, it was Disney exclusive. But Walt had had a long uh, tradition with Marceline. Now, he wasn't born in Marceline, but the family moved there in 1906. And in 1949, he made So Dear to My Heart, which was based in part on his memories of Marceline. And he had them build the barn he remembered in Marceline as the barn in that movie. And he had gotten uh, invited he had gotten uh, invited back to Marceline uh, to dedicate the city pool in 1956, Roy and Walt Disney, they were going to name it for him. And they said, you know, uh, if you can move the opening date to this date, we'll come and we'll return to Marceline and we'll do a big ceremony and we will, um, we will attend. And so they did. And then uh, in 1960, the school was renamed for Walt, and Walt donated a flagpole out of the Olympics that he had helped design. And so they brought the Olympic-used flagpole to the town, and that was the only place outside of Disneyland that the Disneyland flag was allowed to fly. And So when they were to 1966 and they needed to clear the spot for It's a Small World, Roy and Walt decided to donate that Midget Autopia car or set system ride to Marceline. And so they set it up and it operated in Marceline from 1966 to 1977. The track eventually, well, they eventually couldn't use the cars anymore because they it isn't like they had replacement parts and it just got to be too big a deal, but they left the track there. And it became part of the playground, but eventually had to be removed for safety. And uh, the layout had been designed by Imagineering. 
And when I was there, they were talking about this as a project. They had the one car they'd restored, uh, and they were talking about how having this midget Autopia uh, recreated and running again was going to be step one, well, step two after the museum, of the Marceline Project. Walt had designed this idea of creating a living history um, park in Marceline. And the people in Marceline had really seemed to think that this was going to happen. Uh, when Roy took over, because Walt had died, he had said, uh, we're going to do four things. We're going to do the California School for the Arts, which was apparently the worst, hardest thing. We are going to finish Walt Disney World, at least the theme park in Florida, we are going to do the Mineral King uh, skiing uh, ski resort area, which never happened, sadly. Um, and we're going to do the Marceline Project. And it turned out that all Roy really had the ability to do was two of those projects, CalArt and Walt Disney World. So that's what he did. And Marceline got um, shuffled out of the deck, but the Marceline people had never given up on it. And they were raising money for this um, track. And they were talking about it as a someday when I was there in 2019. And having been involved with quite a few of these projects, I was like, yeah. They're going to keep raising money for it. Maybe someday they'll get it, blah, 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 blah. Well, apparently, what they hadn't said when they were saying that there was going to be this, this uh, restored track someday was they actually had raised the money. And it must have been like a month after I was there that they had actually rebuilt the track. So they have the track there now. And they have bought some new cars, so there's parts available. They aren't exactly like the ones the Imagineers did, but the track is the same one, uh, same pattern that Imagineering had designed. And they don't have it running all the time, but during special events, they have the cars and they'll get it out. And during non-special events, you can go walk the track which I just thought was incredible. I couldn't believe they had actually managed to do this. And, you know, maybe I am not giving them enough credit, and they are indeed going to be able to pull this off, and maybe there will be a Marceline Living History Agriculture Park, because uh, I was not seeing this as something that was going to happen in the near future. And by gosh, it is there. So we went over and we walked the track and we read all the signs and all that. And then we walked around to the other side where the museum was. Now, I was thinking that you couldn't take videos or pictures in it. And I would remember that wrong. It was that you could take pictures, but you could not take videos. So uh, Kelly and I went in and we did the whole track and uh, it was mostly the stuff I remembered before um, we did not sit and watch the documentary which I hadn't last time either it was in a hurry but I knew we were going to leave 
this time uh, we were just spending the one night there, so we weren't we didn't have a really long time. So we didn't watch their documentary, though I really would have liked to. And we went around and saw all the stuff and all the things they had. And unfortunately, I spent some time alone in the gift shop. So somebody ended up buying (laughs) several books on Disney. And um, a Disneyland flag. So I now have my own Disneyland flag. It's a small one. It isn't a flagpole one. So I have so I have the official Walt Disneyland flag, which is I think just the most perfect thing I could possibly have added to my Disney collection. It is just so great. Um, and uh, I talked about the last time I was there. I think mostly of what you what you could see. They have family pieces there. Uh, they most of the things they have are that are original are through Ruth, who was Walt and Roy's younger sister. She was the baby of the family, and when she passed on, she donated all the stuff that uh, her family didn't want to the, to the Marceline Museum because she thought it would be great if there would be this representative uh, of their family in what they all considered their hometown. At least Walt and Ruth did, and I think Roy. So uh, that's what... Uh, it was the basis of this. And so there was um, little rooms of different themes going along. And then they had also gotten hooked up with the guy who did the, uh, the um, Viewmaster. Uh, he did the Viewmaster pictures. Now, if you are young enough, and remember, 1970s, the Viewmasters thing, they were just incredible. They were these dioramas of scenes out of books or movies that were just so, so carefully detailed. And they would take them, if you have no idea what a Viewmaster is, it was the... Um, updated version of the stereoscope where each eye's picture, there's a different picture for the right eye and the left eye and they are slightly separated so when you look through those two images, one per eye it creates a 3D image so it looks like you're not looking at a picture but you're looking at something that's 3D And this guy who had done backgrounds for that, for his whole career, had loved Disneyland, and he had written to Disneyland when Walt was still alive and asked for blueprints. And in something they would not do today, uh, they said, sure, and sent him the blueprints of Disneyland. And he spent the rest of his life as part of his hobby in creating these little super detailed, highly, um, highly accurate 
models of Disneyland, and he didn't get it all done. That he has quite a few. He's the the Snow White's Cottage, and and um, it, it's just an incredible thing to see. And that's about half of the upstairs. They also had gotten very involved with D twenty three, which is the Disney official fan club, and they have a couple events through the year, and they uh, have people who were cast members, Disney cast members, uh, Disney employees, a long time uh, connected through the Marceline Museum. And they have a lot of stuff there from early Disneyland as part of that. But part of the Marceline stuff is that D23 has had events in Marceline. And after we were there, I found out that there had been another D23 event there, and they had themed it on Pollyanna. And they had recreated all these things from the movie, including there's there's a scene. If you have not seen the Haley Mills version of Pollyanna, go do that. Uh, and there's this part of the scene where they do a singing flag and all of the little costumes together make an American flag, and they did that. And they did the street festival with the um, with the selling the little uh, crystal things to make rainbows and all that stuff. And it just looked like the most fun ever. And so I just may have to see if I could possibly get there for one of their D23 events because that was amazing. Okay. So we did the museum, and after the museum, we walked back across the park, and there we saw, just down the block from where we parked, was the Marceline Post Office. And this was pretty cool because it had, I'm looking through my my notes here. Okay, so there was the United States Post Office. And there is not, and it got, uh, first off, it got chosen September 11th, 1968 to be the release ceremony for the Walt Disney stamp, which if you have not seen the Walt Disney stamp, you really should. It's a lovely stamp and uh, they don't do stamps for living people. So they did this one after Walt had passed away. And there had been different places that wanted to have this release party. Burbank, California, which is where the studio is, Kansas City, Missouri, which is where Walt moved after he left Marceline and moved back to start his animation business there, which totally folded and bankrupted, and so he had to go to California, Anaheim, Anaheim, California, which is where Disneyland is, and Chicago, Illinois, which is where Walt was actually born, but they picked Marceline to be the release party. So Roy came there and uh, Lillian and uh, Roy's wife, which I think is Edna. I did not write that down for some reason because, of course, why would I have? Uh, And uh, it was later, November 11th, 2003, uh, it was renamed for Walt Disney. 
It does, however, not say that. It just says United States Post Office Marceline because apparently they don't do new signs unless they remodel the location. And if they remodeled this, they would have to give up this absolutely gorgeous uh, mid-century modern post office because they would have had to totally re vamp it and that would be the only way they could get a new sign so they are just as happy not having the new sign this is that 1930s to 1950s looking post office and in it there was a mural and i said well is this a thomas hart benton mural thomas hart benton was a missouri uh, artist and he was very well known for doing a certain regionalist style. So in Iowa, we know of Grant Wood. In South Dakota and the Northeast, they know of Harvey Dunn. Um, there, there are other uh, artists that were part of that regional movement. Uh, and one of them was Thomas Hart Benton. Now, the, these murals were not actually by Benton but they were done by someone who was um, someone who was sort of a protege of his. Uh, the murals that are in the post office uh, were part of the construction when it was built in 1936. And the person who actually did the art was Joseph John Paul Mert. M-E-E-R-T. He was born in Brussels in 1905. After he studied in Europe, he arrived in the United States and became a student of Benton at the Kansas City Art Institute. He was hired as a teacher at the Art Institute in 1940 and worked with Benton on some of his work. Uh, Hugh Mert had been hired to uh, do murals in three post offices and uh, in addition to Marceline's, he also did Mount Vernon, Missouri's, and Spencer, Indiana's. And the Marceline mural looks a lot like one Benton would have done. And uh, they use curving lines of motion using basic colors. It depicts the history of Marceline's economy of coal mining and agriculture, and it is 12 by 5 feet. And as you go into uh, the post office, the mural is on the right-hand side and you can uh, of the open office area and you can see that it is a, a new deal works project administration mural and i should sometime do an episode on the works progress uh, uh, administration because it was really incredible thing that did so much good and it was just sort of such a you never would have thought it would have happened so I should do an episode on that but this is anyway part of that which one of the things they did was hire artists of various kinds to create art so they were getting income while having their or practicing their craft so that's what this mural was from there are quite a few of them around 
Uh, the one I have seen the most is at the Waterloo Public Library in Waterloo, Iowa. They have a set of the murals up of this style. And if you get the uh, post office that was built uh, sometime in the 20s or the 30s, quite often they will have, if it's of any size, they will have one of these murals. And they are well worth looking at. All right, so we finished uh, looking at the post office and we talked to the guy and I uh, got a hand-canceled uh, postcard because it's what you do. And they do have a special uh, cancellation for Walt Disney. It is super worth it. So this is all stuff you should do on your Marceline trip. Now, it does say that there is... Um, like historic stuff there. And I really didn't see that much. It was, there were some photos up from when the, the two big event days they had, the renaming and the launching of the stamp. But it, 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 there, there just wasn't a lot of stuff. But it's worth going. You see the mural. You get your Walt Disney thing stamped. You take your picture by the itty-bitty sign that says Walt Disney Post Office. It is worth it. So the other thing that we wanted to talk about was they had talked about the Coke wall a lot. And when I was uh, there the first time, I thought they were saying Coke, small c-o-k-e, which is a fuel source. And I'm not going to explain the difference between that and coal, but it's it was something that made sense to me that they might have something with the railroad that would be a Coke wall where it would be, um, you know, where they would store uh, this type of fuel for the railroad. I was wrong. What they were saying was Coke, capital C-O-K-E, as in Coca-Cola. And they have this big mural, and the mural is from... Uh, let's see here, 2015, uh, when they were celebrating this little soda fountain there that sold Coke, and that is what Walt based the Coca-Cola uh, store in Disneyland on this store in Marceline. And uh, so there's a big wall there that says Coke. And and then the other thing that I wanted to make sure we saw in the regular downtown part was the Walt Disney Elementary. Now, uh, it has in front of it the flagpole from the Olympics that Walt Disney gave them. And it, they, the flag they had, the Disneyland flag, is now in the museum. And I'm not sure if they have one they fly to. I imagine it might just be the American flag too But by now. But they had this flag, uh, flagpole. And so I was like, it's so the flagpole Walt got for the Olympics. Yeah, I took way too much pleasure out of this. And then uh, I went down to the elementary school. And this was, of course, the elementary school closed. It was Saturday. And I don't think it was school's in session then anyway and if school had been in session 
uh, anymore, you know, it used to be a lot easier to get into schools than it is now. And so I doubt I would have been able to get in even if it had been open and there were kids there. But they always talk about these dioramas, these, these murals, these murals that they had the Disney artists do for the school. And they were supposed to be in the sort of opening part of the school. So I went up and looked in the windows and I took pictures with my camera lens right up to the window. And there's this like giant fake ribbon with heads of various Disney characters on it. Now, I'm not sure if that's the only murals they have, but it I'm kind of thinking maybe it was. So you can see those murals. Uh, let's see. And then we also went out then to the Disney farm. And you cannot tour the house. I wish you could. You cannot. Uh, they do have a little uh, bench thing, and they have a sign that says that the house was the one that uh, the Disney family moved to in 1906 uh, when they started raising Wolf River apples, which there should be a post on Wolf River apples coming soon, too, I hope. Uh, and that they had in uh, 2001 rebuilt the replica barn on the farm. And there is a path from where you can park. There's a little parking lot. And then you can take a walk down the uh, path and they have signs pointing out various things. And Walt had always talked about the dreaming tree, which was a particular tree that he would go and hang out under, which makes sense to me because I had a tree like that. But uh, that tree, unfortunately, had, I'm looking for my note on the date. Okay. Uh, It had... They'd taken three saplings from the tree in 2003, and one is in Disneyland, one is right by the original Dreaming Tree, and one is in a hidden spot on the Disney farm where hopefully uh, it will be safe. And um, in 2008, the tree died, and in two, and between then and 2015, it was allowed to stay in situ in 2015 it fell down and there is part of it in the Walt Disney Hometown Museum so you you can actually go and touch that part and so we went and saw the son of the dreaming tree and we walked on out to the replica barn and the replica barn is covered in signatures which are Uh, messages to Roy and Walt. And as a museum person and a park person, I think this is a terrible idea. And they are inviting all sorts of trouble. But the entire inside of the barn is covered with these little uh, notes and wishes. And then there are benches out there that you can write on. And after they get covered up so much, they 
put them up by the museum and in town and around, but you're only supposed to be able to write on the ones in the barn. And there are museum people listening who are making terrible faces right now. And there are, are park people listening who are thinking about the liabilities that this is. I mean, it's just, it's just, I, I, I do not know who is handling their liability insurance, but they, I cannot believe they are fully aware of the situation. But anyway, who went out? We saw the, the barn. We walked around the area. We walked up and we looked at the house, which the house has, uh, was, uh, the original house had an addition built on it in the 1980s. And it was uh, built with the idea of preserving as much of the original house as possible. So uh, it has that extra um, extra addition, but the original house is inside it. So if somebody in the future wanted to turn it into a living history park and have the house be the one that Walt lived in, they could easily remove the addition and uh, have the original house back. And I think that is most of what I wanted to tell you about. Get all of those. There is also a swimming pool that Walt and Roy came back to dedicate but I did not have luck finding that, and we were out of time. Uh, let's see. 70 trains still pass through uh, Marcelina Day. And I think the artwork in the post office is called Contemporary Life in Missouri. And I think that's about it. Um, oh, I could mention that there was, it was sort of a funny thing. There was right on the other side of the square from um, the Ma Vicks, it was a Odd Fellows Club and a Masonic Lodge were right next to each other. And you normally didn't see that. It was super weird. There were these two huge, like three, four-story buildings, you know, massive uh, buildings. And then there was this tiny little building in between them. It was just the hottest thing. Apparently, there was Carnegie Library in town also, and we did not visit that. And I think that is about what I had to say. Now, I I will tell you that uh, the Marceline Foundation has a um, tour that you can listen to on a self-guided tour. They have these little uh, QR codes around town, and uh, they take you to a website, and even if you aren't in in Marceline. You can listen to it. It's on the website. And I will include a link to that in the show notes. And I think that's about all I have to say about Marceline. It was a great trip. 
the photos they had from for the Pollyanna event were incredible. I hope I can get down there for that sometime. The uh, the fact that they have the Midget Autopia running is incredible. I I really thought this was going to be one of those long term goals that was out there for you know like. 20, 30 years, but nope, it's done. It's running. <laughs> so they could well, uh, there may be a Disney park to visit in Marceline yet, or at least a Disney-inspired uh, park in Marceline about agriculture. And if there is, I will definitely go back. Um, I think it was worth a second trip just because if you are a Disney fan, it takes you a little bit to realize how close everything is and kind of the geographic layout of the town. I don't think I got that at all the first time I visited. And uh, like any place, it's better to do research first and find out what some of this stuff is. So a second trip is almost always better. And I think that is about it. Now, I still might have another episode on Marceline, not immediately, but I'd like to have one with the people who are running the museum to get an idea on where they're going from here because it's just such a cool thing. And I, I guess I didn't talk about the stuff that went on because they had a special... A performance area there so part of the deal they were making with big stars uh, getting to go across the country on the train was that uh, they would make them a, a special deal if they would stop and do a performance in Marceline and so they had all sorts of big Hollywood studio stars do uh, performances there and that alone would be worth finding out more about so with that, I guess I am about done. Uh, we are coming up on December, which usually means we have the uh, Looking Back episode coming up next month and looking ahead, hopefully in January, but it may be later depending on luck I have finding stuff. There was that one glorious year where I looked in all the dates for events were posted on the websites for all the lore sites by the beginning of January. That was such a glorious year. Well, uh, before that, be sure to look for my annual Christmas shopping guide. If you haven't seen this year's come out yet, check out last year's. Thank you for joining me for Trundle Bed Tales. I hope you had a great visit and that you will want to uh, be back soon and remember to always brighten the corner where you are.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.